Hello and welcome to OIO New Game Plus. I'm your host, Tom Sidlachik, and joining me today are Hobbybox Joe Burns. Heyo! And Brian Camille. Hi! Welcome to the show, guys. For those of you who are listening to this, you probably noticed that it came up in your Outside is Overrated feed. First off, thank you for subscribing. I truly appreciate you listening to my silly little podcast. This show is a part of Outside is Overrated, but we are going to release this segment as a separate item in your feed each month. We are doing this because we hit our goal on Patreon of raising $125 per month. If you enjoy this segment, please consider backing us on Patreon at patreon.com OIO. This month, we played Call of Duty Black Ops 3 Cold War, developed by Treyarch and Raven Studios. This game includes a single-player campaign, a zombies mode, and online multiplayer. What I think is absolutely mind-blowing is that there's been a new Call of Duty game every year since 2005. It is arguably the biggest franchise in video games. Let's start with our personal histories with the franchise. What games have you played and what was your favorite? Brian, we'll start with you. Um, the first one for me was Modern Warfare. So that was PS3. And that was kind of the first foray for me into like competitive online multiplayer. And when I look back on it, like, man, it was a rough go. I didn't know, like, aim when you go around corners. Check your mini-map. Don't run through the middle of the map because death is there. That's the only thing you're going to find there. Don't run right at the guy that just killed you because he's probably waiting to shoot you where you just died and, up oh, you died again. You know what? Let's go kill him. Like, that kind of stuff, it, it's funny how you just kind of get better as time goes on. Um, I, so, I kind of So what you're saying is you're bad at games. <laughs> yeah, initially, I, I I had to do a lot of, like, not research, but, like, I it took a lot of, like, trial and error to get better at it, um, which is, it got easier with YouTube because you could kind of watch good people play, and you're like, oh, my God, look at all these things that they're doing that I don't do, or look at all the things that I do that they certainly don't, which kind of helped. Um, I didn't play Modern Warfare 2 or 3 just because I was kind of in the middle of grad school at that point, and it got really hard. Um, but I came back to it. Um, I played Advanced Warfare. Um, which I really, really enjoyed. Um, there's this kind of division in uh, Modern Warfare where you had boots on the ground, and then you got like the jump, jet pack jumping, and like that's kind of where that deviation was starting to happen a little bit more. Um, if any of you guys did, either of you guys ever play Unreal Tournament back in the day? Nope, never. Okay, nope. It, it, it was very similar to that. It was really, really fast gameplay. People are typically attacking you from above. Um, and it was a lot of people didn't like it because it was really fast, almost too fast. And I think um, you, you might have misspoke. I, you said modern warfare, but you're talking infinite warfare, correct? The no, site? no, advanced warfare. I'm sorry, advanced warfare. Um, advanced warfare was all about that high end speed. Infinite warfare, I think that actually has the lowest Metacritic score of any of their games that they've ever produced. Um, in fact, I. I did actually buy that game, but only so I could play the Modern Warfare remastered version. That's, I never actually played the other game. That's interesting. Um, I it, Infinite Warfare, I haven't played it, but it's like the Call of Duty I'm most interested in because it's the most different from the rest of them. It's, the, it's a sci-fi shooter, and that always really intrigued me. I really wanted to see what they would do in that forum. But uh, it's it, it, The gameplay was just, it was kind of janky, and a lot of people didn't like it. Um, that, that running on walls and the speed stuff kind of went into the Black Ops world, and now they're kind of going more towards the boots on the ground again. So they've, they've unfortunately kind of divided their own fan base. Um, but I, I enjoy both. I, I like kind of more of a slow approach shooter. I also like the flying off walls with some sort of laser gun. 
Um, so it's I've been really enjoying Call um, Call of Duty um, Cold War, and I'm I'm glad we got a chance to do this one because it's it's a pretty polished game in my opinion for the most part. Also, Brian, I think your microphone is clipping against your collar. We're getting a little bit of a just a little like scratchiness from it. If you can try to adjust it, thank you. Burnsy, where did you come in with Call of Duty? Yeah, Modern Warfare was also my first, uh, and uh, I th- I still think that that was my favorite, uh, especially like the multiplayer and the story of of Modern Warfare one and two were my favorite also. Uh, but my favorite thing of all to play in any of the Call of Duty games are the zombies modes. So uh, th- those are my absolute favorite. Grouping up with my friends and trying to like work our way through it. Uh, is just an absolute blast. And so I played a lot of those PS3 ones and then drifted away. And this is the first one I've played since I think the first Black Ops was the last one I played because that was the one. The only reason why I remember that is that was the one that had the zombies mode with JFK, Richard Nixon, Fidel Castro, and uh, Nakmanera. They were the four people you played as. Um, That was the only reason why I remember that one. Otherwise, I actually, I don't think I ever finished the single player story of that. And like the first Modern Warfare and Modern Warfare 2 were my favorite multiplayer modes. After that, I never, I, I just wasn't good enough anymore, apparently. And so I, I drifted away from those. But I've always preferred like the multiplayer of the Battlefield series more than Modern Warfare because it's a bigger map and you're trying to get to the objective points and there's just a lot more going on. And also having the vehicles, I think, was a lot of fun. Uh, which is something that they haven't really done a whole lot with, to my knowledge, in Call of Duty. And so, um, yeah, Battlefield way back in the day, or like Day of Defeat, the mod for Battlefield, was my favorite back in like early college, so 2002. So, yeah. Uh, But otherwise, yeah, it's been a while, so it was fun to actually play a a more modern game uh, in the series now on uh, on next-gen hardware. I'm in a pretty similar boat. My uh, first Call of Duty game was either 2 or 3. It was the launch darling with the Xbox 360. Like, I bought uh, I bought Perfect Dark with my 360. I'm like, oh, my God, this game is awful. Did I make a horrible purchase with this console? And uh, I think <laughs> I rented Call of Duty because it was getting such great reviews, and I didn't really care for it. I, uh, I had a really hard time telling who was my ally and who was my enemy. Like, the colors were so similar that I just couldn't – I was really, really bad at it. That, that not being able to tell who your enemy was, I remember that being a distinct issue forever until you start to look at the color of the name above the players they were running. But yeah, there was a bunch of times where I they looked similar enough. I was attacking teammates and I I just looked like an asshole. <laughs> well, you generally do. Yeah, generally. <laughs> no kidding. Um, and then I took, I didn't play a lot of Call of Duty after that. Where I got back in was World at War. I was working at GameStop at the time, and I had access to checkout games, and I uh, grabbed that, and I just fell in love with the multiplayer, and I was so hooked, and I was also terrible at it. It was really, really rough, but it was so super-duper fun that I put a lot of time into it. Then I also played the original Modern Warfare, Modern Warfare 2, and Modern Warfare 3, I think was the last Modern Warfare on PS3, and then that's where mm-hmm. I dropped off for a period. So I had played a pretty fair amount of Call of Duty prior to this one, but I it just blew my mind. I didn't realize that it was truly an annual series coming out every year. And I know they have three developers working on it, but that's just mind-blowing. And I want to talk about that business mo- our business model a little bit later. Let's start by going mode by mode and breaking down the experience. We'll start with multiplayer. 
Call of Duty Cold War has a ton of options for online multiplayer. From Team Deathmatch to Domination, Kill Confirmed, and Gun Game, there are a ton of options that you can uh, cater to make your preferred experience. Where did multiplayer rank for you out of the three components, and what are your favorite modes in multiplayer, Brian? This is going to be the one where I have the most opinions because story mode and zombies are an afterthought to a degree that I wouldn't even number them. Well, like, I forget that they're on there. You bought, <laughs> you bought this game, like, at launch, right? And that, yep, it, I got it. It was I was gonna play it with my brother. Um, so my brother Gregory plays uh, keyboard and mouse, um, and then um, one of the staff at my facility also uh, plays on the Xbox One. So we've actually got uh, you know multiple systems going at a given time. Um, so I I love the multiplayer. That's the reason I buy these games. That's the reason I play these games. Um, it's kind of changed a little bit as time has gone on. If you guys can remember how brutal modern warfare was the original cod um not the original but the original uh, modern version of it because the kill streaks in that game then led and added into additional kill streaks so you'd get like the mortar attack which would then go into your helicopter which depending on when you let that go could then build your streaks again and there's games that you would get into at that time where like you'd have to quit because like you're just it's just nonstop death. You can't leave <laughs> the base. There's nothing to save you. It was a horrible experience. And if you guys have not played some of the older uh, Call of Duties, the time to kill was insanely fast. Like we're talking milliseconds. You're just down. So those those ones are, were harder from a, me- a mechanic standpoint. Multiplayer now is still a ton of fun, but the player base itself has gotten a lot more skilled. That's one thing. If you guys have noticed. When you guys play now, are you noticing that multiplayer is a lot harder for you now than it used to be? Joey, you can go first on this one because I'm just gonna rip into Brian. No, it was it was. I, I think it's easy. The competition's terrible. Nobody could hold the candle to me. I definitely had a positive kill death ratio every single time I played. No, it was atrocious. Uh, those games that we played with you, um, I was I, I I had fun still. I still had fun. But not knowing the maps, not really knowing how it worked, not having my gun equipped. Like, I had my gun leveled up from playing uh, Zombies before that to, like, level 25, and I didn't have any sights or anything on it. So I'm just sitting there with an MP5, just, you know, just Mm -hmm. instantly one shot killed from across the map. I never even saw the dude. Uh, Yeah, so it was really hard. People just had reflexes that were so much faster than me. And uh, it was really hard in those first few multiplayer games to keep up. I, I think the next session, when uh, Tom and I were playing, it seemed to go a lot better. And there was one group that we were up against that was, like, really good. And they seemed to play off each other really well on the map that we were on, which was Miami. So you're, you're like, in, like, this really ritzy condo area or whatever. I don't know. Maybe not even a condo. It's like a big house, a mansion. Uh, and and they're just like all over the place. And you see them and it's like one would kill you and four more people walk over your corpse. And then there was a guy that was walking around with just knives, just stabbing the crap out of people. Um, and I was angry. I was so mad. But then I started to get into the flow of it a little bit. And at the end of the match, I had a positive kill death ratio and was in like the top half of our team score. I mean, we still lost as a team, but and so it was like it was it was interesting because I was starting to at least get a feel for the game a little bit more at that point. Uh, but I still could not hold a candle to some of those other people. And I would I never would have finished first on our team or amongst everybody playing. And 
I would have to probably play a lot more hours, prestige a few times, know the maps in and out in order to be able to accomplish that. And maybe if I played it more than I had, I would be able to. Uh, but yeah, I'm just not good enough at multiplayer, I don't think. I, a lot of it is how you approach it. Here's the deal. So like, I think the first COD, I definitely had an under one KD. In Advanced Warfare, after a long time, I got to like 1.1. And I'm a 1.64 in this game. So, like, again, I'm getting about three kills for every death. And a lot of that just has to do with, like, knowing what puts you in danger. But like what you said about when you run into a squad. I think your math is off. I think you're at about one and a half kills per death. It would be, it's 1.6 KD. So it'd be three. So for three kill, I'd have, yes, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. right. <laughs> so three to one. Two to one? This is my math. What's my math? One and a half to one. Yes. Thank you. So if I, so as I'm going though, but like, look at, is, is the games I played with you guys. Um, as long as you're smart about where you hold position. Cause I think one of the matches with you guys, I was 48 in like 12. So you can be smart about it. But the problem is, is when you get into like the base reaction times, like Joe, what you were talking about, it's, it is brutal how fast some of these people can turn on you. Um, and with the multiplayer, being with the squad now is more important than ever. Um, and this, I'll kind of wrap up my thought here on the multiplayer on this thought process. The game has gotten so toxic that you can no longer work with people that you don't know. Like, to be honest, it's best just to turn on the game, get in multiplayer, mute your own team because you don't want to hear what they're saying anyways, and just go on with your day. Um, in a great example of how toxic it has become, we were playing on Nuketown. You were on that board with me, Joe. Yes, yes. So <laughs> it was I'm brutal. Playing, yes, and it, it's fast and it's death. And we're playing domination, which is my favorite way to play it because it gives us an objective, an objective to focus on. I know which areas to kind of patrol. It's a lot more enjoyable that way. But it's halftime. And I've gotten a score streak. I've got napalm. So I'm going to use that. I'm going to cover it on B. That way we can surge up on B and we can we can take it from the opponent. I started off and I'm like, okay, guys, I got a napalm. Let's rush up on B. Let's take it. I have a 12-year-old kid that's instant response. He's on my team. Sensor. He just goes, shut, the, shut up, you. And it's the three-letter swear. He's on my team trying to help us win. What is your... What is your deal? How can you be this toxic? So I was just, okay, done. I talked to the guys that I play with, um, but Kill Confirmed I love because it's the kind of the madness of running all over the place. That's the chaos. Domination is a ton of fun, but I'm only playing these games for multiplayer at this point. That's the only reason I'm there. And I'm playing with friends. It's more fun with a group that you know. I, yeah, I, think, that's, I think that's key. And the one thing I think, I think there is a setting on the PS5 where you can set it so that it automatically like mute other people's mics unless you're in a party i could be wrong um but that might be something to look into uh because i thought they had some things that were available for that in the system settings to allow you to do that i could be wrong well i'm not, looking for it now awesome. i'm looking for that you can just right click to uh mute everybody except for your party yeah right stick in what i thought was interesting um brian we have very different styles for the online multiplayer like you talked about your kill death ratio and that you like to position yourself in a smart spot i'm very much an objective pusher and i think Burnsy kind of falls in my camp too like mm -hmm. for me i can't just 
stand still. Like, I need to be moving, and I need to feel like I'm contributing, and I know I'll never have the best KDR on the team. Like, I'll never... My greatest asset isn't killing the opponents. What I'm best at is running for that objective and, uh, you know, drawing people out so that you can pick them off from the side. And you need both. You certainly need both, because otherwise... Uh, nothing gets done and it drives me crazy to play with a team that nobody cares about the objective at all. They're just there for kills. And it's like, well, what's the point of playing this version then go do team deathmatch. Why are you doing it this mm-hmm. way? Is there a capture the flag uh, mode in this game? No. That's interesting. Gotcha, I, been in past gods, I used to play a lot of capture the flag. Yeah, me too. That used to be one of my favorites and I didn't see it in there. So I was, I was, that's why I was confused. I was like, Hey, they must not have had that in there. That's, that's surprising to me, but I, they have so many different modes though. I mean, there are a ton of different modes. Um, but I'm also like you were saying, Tom, I'm, I'm like, I'm a lot like that too, where I prefer having an objective to go towards and, and, and fight towards that. I might not always be as good as you are at main pathing it to that objective and sitting on it. Uh, Cause I think you, <laughs> there was the one game we played of, it was either hard point or domination and you had like two minutes on the, and I had one second. <laughs> I wasn't the only person that had like one second or less though. So no, the rest I, of the it team, wasn't like I was letting us down completely, but the rest of the team struggled there too. We got killed now. That's when we were going up against the good group and the knife guy yeah. was just having his way with our team. Yes. Just running from person to oh, person. That's and frustrating. Uh, my take on the multiplayer I view it as just kind of a fun thing to do without like a lot of meat to it. Like if I wanted some just like mindless fun, I could jump into multiplayer, play a couple matches and have a good time with it. For me, it's almost akin to like monster train, how I felt about that. Like it's a fun thing to do, but like, that's not what I do with a lot of my entertainment anymore. Like now when I have some downtime, like I really want to enjoy a story or like, I want to feel like I'm making some progress on something. And so for me, I like the multiplayer. I thought it was really fun and really well done. And while I suck at it compared to the community, that's kind of always been the deal with call of duty online for me. Like I've, you know, I'm just, I don't have great Twitch reflexes. And so I'm never going to be a star in any of these games. So for me, fun thing to do, but I thought it was the kind of the low point of the entire package. The one thing that is nice, and I alluded to it before, is that you do level up the weapons you use. So that is one level of progression that I think is actually kind of nice. And that is one mechanism that you use to unlock uh, a lot of like the sights and the camo and other like cosmetic types of stuff, as well as stuff that makes the weapon better. I totally agree, but it was also one of the most frustrating parts of jumping into the multiplayer. Like, the first couple of matches I played, like, I didn't know the maps. Like, I was getting mowed down, and then you see the kill cam, and he's like, oh, he has a thermal sight. Like, he saw me from across the map. Like, I, I was yes. just meat. I didn't have a chance. The fight with some of those attachments, some of those attachments make the gun so much more efficient over the base model. Um, it can be really frustrating for people that are just getting into it because... These people that have the tricked out versions are absolutely decimating you. There's 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 versions that double the actual stopping power of the weapon, or they'll double the length that the weapon is lethal at. So it's it becomes very difficult to handle somebody that's got the full kit. And on top of that, it could take a really long time to level some of this stuff up. So not only is it you're getting wailed on, well, guess what? You're gonna get wailed on for a really long time. So go play some zombies. <clears throat> I mean, that that's part of it. Like, I mean, playing in the zombies mode to level up your weapons and then going into multiplayer is actually a strategy that you could use because then you have a weapon that's going to be competitive against people from the start as opposed to playing with a non-tricked out MP5 and just getting slaughtered on a wide open map where people can shoot you from like triple the distance that you could even try to shoot your weapon. 
And Brian, I have a philosophical question for you. Like we, there's a few ways that we're different in gaming. Like you tend to like beating up on cupcake opponents. How do you feel about this dynamic? Well, I was just thinking about when we played Smash Brothers at the Midwest Gaming Classic and like you just <laughs> loved mauling Joey and me. Uh, <laughs> how do you feel about kind of that unbalanced weaponry that we're talking about? I don't like it because I do want, I want things to be done on an even plane for the most part. And what I, what I mean by that, so like with Smash Brothers is what Tom's referring to. In Smash, I go into the middle of it and it's whoever's next to me, I just go after. And if I think you're vulnerable, I'm going to kill you. That's how that works. When it comes to Call of Duty, I'm the vulnerable one. So I'm not usually as happy with that approach because <laughs> I'm the one getting shit on. Oh, language. Sorry. Um, <laughs> that said, um, it's, it's tough because the people that are really good, not only is the skill set likely better, not only is the, the map knowledge likely better, the actual weapon they're using is also better. So it really kind of puts a new player behind the eight ball. And I can see why the community right now, it's it's tough to be a new player coming in because you, you have to take your lumps and there's no way around it. Yeah, I totally agree. Like, it's really, it's so hard. For me, now I've never been playing from a position of dominance in any call of duty game but for me like i like an even matchup like it's one of the reasons why i square off against the rogue hippo and everything like i feel like he is a worthy adversary and like i like to like i like to challenge i like to challenge myself but at times with call of duty just doesn't feel like fair you talked about the disparity between skill knowledge of the maps and just having a better weapon like that's a oh that's a unfortunate thing to run into as a new player and if you put on top of that, when the score streaks, like the really nasty score streaks start coming into play, hmm. I mean, they're killing you coming out of the spawn. So it's it just kind of piles on. And people quit if your team's getting wailed on bad enough. If you guys notice that, if you're getting destroyed, a lot of people don't want to see that KD go down. They'll bail out of the match, and now you've got some new guy coming in to like a bloodbath every two seconds. Yeah. Well, and then some of those maps, too, are a lot harder that way. Uh, and And how like the spawns will flip sometimes. Uh, that can be helpful because then you get away from the bad guys. But if the bad guys are swarming just where the spawns are going to be, like you're hosed. Like you pop up, oh, I'm dead. Okay, pop up somewhere else. Okay, get my bearings, bam, I'm dead. And you, and so it was really difficult to start with, I, I think, that way too, learning a new map each time. And once like you start getting overtaken, especially in the ones where like the objective bounces in hard point, uh, it, that makes it really difficult because you, it, it's hard to get sort of that, I'm on this side, they're on that side. Uh, whereas domination, it's a little bit better because at least you're sort of in one spot until they get maybe A and B, then you start at C, or if they get C and B, then you go to A. Uh, so at least you have like two or three perspectives as opposed to the other ones where you just pop up in lots of places. I don't feel I played enough of the multiplayer to gain an affinity for any of the maps. Brian, did any of the maps stand out to you as being particularly well or poorly designed? Uh, I really I like Garrison. Garrison's the one where you're kind of working your way through the um, like the munitions building. That one I think is well laid out and pretty fun because it gives you some different vantage points to defend. Um, Checkmate is kind of fun. That's the one that's in the uh, the hangar. You got the plane in the middle that can cause a lot of damage, and that's a ton of fun with that one too. Um, I played one match in that map, and it was not fun. It was not <laughs> an enjoyable experience. If you're gonna go in the middle, stay under the plane. Otherwise, you're gonna have a bad time. Um, <laughs> the one that I think is universally pretty much hated is is it Miami Joe? Is that what you said it was? Mm -hmm. I think I forgot the name, but it. it is because the thing is so big and so wide, but there's so many 
large open areas, snipers will just kind of sit in one position and just pick people off as they go through. It's 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 not exactly a great layout. The part that really sucks is you can't have an affinity for a lot of the maps because, well, the the games aren't release, releasing with a lot of maps anymore. We're talking about games that used to come out with twelve different maps. I think this one had what six or seven. So they're it's like they're paring down what you even get to start with. Um, so there's there's some good ones, but again, more people are going to spend time on like Nuketown because they know it and they enjoy it. So now I don't think you should be condemning anyone for liking their time in Nuketown, my friend. I love Nuketown. I love Nuketown. That's why I spend all my time there. When, when Joe, when you're talking about the, the spawn flip, Nuketown's a great example of how yeah crappy it can be yeah. because you get killed, you spawn. You get shot in the back because some other an enemy spawned behind you in your yep. own spawn, and it's like, well, yeah. this is a great time. Yeah, that was the one I was specifically thinking of when I brought that up because it happens so many times on uh, some of those Nuketown games. That's that's a hard one because the map is just so small. Uh, Brian, did you talk about the controversy in the community for the multiplayer mode? Yeah. So the way that the way that Call of Duty is trying to right now protect the younger not the younger but the 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 newer players is they introduce something called skill-based matchmaking now how call of duty wants to make it work is essentially if you do better in a match if you score more points the next lobby that they put you in will make that it'll put you in a higher skilled lobby and the whole goal apparently of how the algorithm works it's trying to drive everybody to a 1kd period now the problem that we ran into with this is you I'll say this for Call of Duty. Good luck getting me to a one point on KDR. Good luck. Tom's, Tom's fighting bots by himself. <laughs> We're doing so fun. We're having a great time with the bots. Oh, that um, one has a hot dog. Yeah, so the problem, and, and we saw an example of it as the night that I played with you guys. You guys are level one rank like 18. So this is like some of the lower players you're going to run into, and there's nothing wrong with that. You just started playing time in it yet. I'm a level three prestige, and right now I think the prestige level goes up to, I want to say, eight, maybe nine. So when I'm playing now based on the KD that I've, I've gotten to, this has become a problem because I play a very campy style. I don't, I don't die a lot. The issue that we're running into is I'm only playing with prestiges that are seven and eight, which are some of the people that have the most time in the game. You guys joined me as new players you're playing against some of the guys who have put the most time into the game. Like that doesn't that doesn't even make any sense. Like at one point Tom was eight and twenty-eight. And it's had a couple of rough goes, yeah. Yeah, but, <laughs> but here's but the thing is, you are playing with people that have maxed out virtually everything. And that the problem with that is it it makes every game, in the words of my younger brother Gregory, who plays a ton of this. Every game is more sweaty than the last. Every single game, you're holding the controller tighter, you're jumping around corners, you're diving behind obstacles, you're laying down and shooting people. You're doing all of this stuff that's fairly advanced because every single game is just a grind. And you can only play that way for so long before it just kind of burns you out and you have to be done. Like, that's that's the thing. The better you play, the more the game kind of punishes you for it. Um, that's why there's a lot of what's called reverse boosting. People will intentionally play terribly so that they can get into easier lobbies so they can just kind of run around and have a more casual experience. And it's it's a legit thing. And the community's pissed. 
That, that's what I was doing, guys. I just want to let you guys know that's that's what I was doing when we were playing. I, I was just trying to get us into more favorable matchups down the line. Uh, you know, <laughs> I have two thoughts here. Number one, should there be like ranked play, like in Overwatch? Like, would that alleviate a lot of this? Like, if people could just like sign up for the hardcore mode and like filter them the frick out of my games. I do have and that though, right? They have, but it's not utilized. Yes, they have ranked play. But the problem is skill-based matchmaking, that algorithm, is put into their general public um, games. It's still, that algorithm is still in there. Ranked play is a problem. That's the exact solution. You want to get sweaty? You want to break your controller? Hop in ranked. Super duper. But they kept the algorithm in the public matches. So it's like they've done ranked match almost twice. There's, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, my second thought, I wonder if the fractured player base from having an annual release is affecting that. Because, like, not everybody, not every Call of Duty player is playing uh, Cold War. And, you know, frankly, I could have used some more meat in our matches. Like, I could have used some more people like me wandering <laughs> around. Yeah, the people that are playing are really, really good. Because, again, you're, you're taking a skill set that you kind of hone from game to game. Um, so by the time that they're playing this, it's like, there are people that I can't come near. I, if, if I'm not trying to pick them off in the distance... I can't, there are people that I can't beat in a one-on-one gunfight. I'd go 0-20 against the skill level of some of these people. It's really getting to be, it's incredible to see, but it sucks to play. So, and has part of the player base just stuck with Warzone? Since that kind of evolves, that started during Modern Warfare, uh, remake Modern Warfare, and is still continuing on, and it's all part of the same launcher. Do most people just play that and don't even mess with multiplayer on either of the other two games modern modern warfare is it no warzone isn't it so warzone yeah. is the warzone. is the battle royale and then yeah. modern, modern warfare is still in the launcher that was last year's game yeah um, warzone right now is really popular and to be honest i think more people have been sticking with that just because you do have the more likely chance that you're going to run into some newer players and you have some people that you could, there's a skills gap there. Um, for the people that put a lot of hours in, they'll go back to that because it's more of a relaxing, not maybe relaxing, but maybe more of a an enjoyable gameplay to them than like essentially playing, you know, competitive Call of Duty every single match. Because you do, you do burn out. You, you just get tired and you feel like you're just, your brain's got nothing else to fire. Yeah, and... I mean, Warzone's free. Like, anyone can jump into it. So, like, there's always going to be a bigger player base on Warzone because of that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Do you guys have any other thoughts on multiplayer, or should we move on to the next mode? Uh, next my, mode. My, my favorite, my favorite uh, moment, which actually you didn't notice, Tom, unfortunately, but when I first jumped into the game and joined your guys' party, uh, I, yeah, the first time I played multiplayer on the map, I couldn't talk to you guys, so I couldn't really coordinate. So I just started following Tom around for a while. And there was one time where Tom was prone, like crawling up a dune. And I ran in front of him and tried to just sort of crouch up and down, up and down, just to annoy the crap out of him. He didn't see me, but a sniper across the map did. Shot me in the face, killed me right in front of Tom. I took a bullet for you, man. It's like the bodyguard. The universe doesn't like teabaggers. That's how it works out. It evened itself out. That guy identified you real quick. He's like, nope. Friends is like, hey, here's a guy hiding in the sand right here. Here you go, bad guys. I'm selling out my friend. Nice work, dude. I am guessing you probably died right after that too, probably. 
I died an awful lot in that match, so the odds are good. Yeah, <laughs> odds are good. From multiplayer, we move on to the zombie mode. Zombie mode has three core like sub-modes within it, plus smaller options for one- and two-player and solo experiences. Joey, how uh, you've played a lot of zombies mode in the past. How was this experience for you? Yeah, so zombies mode was what I primarily played back when I used to play Call of Duty. So I would I would jump into the single-player campaign of it and usually play through most of it, if not all of it. And then the big thing was uh, playing matches of zombies with Clovis and Lance and Chewy. Uh, and, and it was just a blast trying to figure out, oh, go ahead. Was it an unfair advantage to have a Cylon in your group? <laughs> like, I imagine Cylons just rip those GD zombies apart, dude. Um, so the, the biggest problem we had with, with him being a Cylon, and that explains it now since he was a Cylon, is we kept getting Nat type three errors with him. So half the time he couldn't join our game. So it would just be the other three of us playing, but it makes sense. Cause that was just like the game of Battlestar where he spent the whole first two rounds off the map because he played his Hilo. Yeah. And then immediately <laughs> got thrown in the brig. Then the whole game. <laughs> But yeah, it was a blast trying to figure out the modes. And it was interesting playing like zombies at the start. And then as it evolved into being much more complicated and crazy and weird with like gimmicks of having these B movie actors being the characters in one of them and then having it be politicians being the characters in another one of them. And so it was a it was a it was a blast in trying to figure out strategies as you would approach each game as to do we sit here and save up money or do we move to the power and just try to turn everything on right away and see how long we can last. And for clarity, Burns was talking about a couple of different Call of Duty games there because there have been, yes. it isn't in every Call of Duty. It used to be maybe just the Treyarch games, but uh, not every Call of Duty has had zombie modes in it and they've had different tweaks and wrinkles in them. Uh, go ahead, Brian. I think it's everything that, I think it's all the Black Ops series have it, I think. I know that so I, uh, World... World at War was the first one. And then uh, it wasn't in Modern Warfare 2. They had, like, the Spec Ops mode instead. But I think then after that, they started to put it, it was in Black Ops, and then it was in, I think it was in Modern Warfare 3. They started to put it into each one uh, sometime after that. I don't think it was in Infinite Warfare, but it has been in the last, like, two or three Call of Duties, I believe. Uh, and it's kind of, it's become its own sort of mode with its own following uh, because of that. And I think it's because it's this co-op experience. So you're working together as a team to accomplish your goals. And so to me, the, the way I play games, I'm not a super competitive person. So that is much more appealing to me uh, anyway. And uh, so I, I think that's why I like zombies more than a lot of the other things. Uh, and then if, if the people you're playing with are better, it just makes you better because they're good at shooting the things. And let's, <laughs> let's set this up just a little bit more. Like, to boil zombie mode down, basically, you usually start in a room or a small space, and like zombies are trying to rip open the windows and get in and kill you, and you're shooting them, and every yep. zombie you kill, you get some money, and then you use money to open doors and buy new weapons, basically. And so your play space is gradually expanding. The zombies come in waves. So the first wave, you can kill them with one headshot or like one melee attack. But by waves two, three, four, they're getting stronger. They're getting faster. And by like waves eight and nine, like you're running for your life, hoping that you have the right weapon to mow through the hordes. And that's the 
the theme changes, the setting changes, but that's kind of the core of zombie mode. Like the zombie, they keep getting harder and they get more relentless and you hang on for as long as you can. Yeah, and, and you're trying to accomplish something by the end of it. And so basically in um, in one of them, you're you're kind of traversing this larger open world uh, in, in uh, the Cold War zombies mode. And you're jumping between these different areas. I, I don't know. We didn't play that one enough to really figure out what the heck we were actually supposed to do with that. Uh, and then we played one of the modes. Uh, I can't remember what it was called. Uh, the one that me and you played more primarily, Tom, uh, which was a lot more like the traditional zombies mode where you start off in an area, you unlock the doors, you're trying to get to where the power is, and then there's a few other things you can do there. Uh, and eventually you're just trying to survive long enough to, um, in every five rounds, exfiltrate out. And we got close once, maybe twice, and, but never quite did it. I tried playing it on solo uh, some more and got close, never quite was able to exfiltrate. Um, it's real hard. But yeah, I, it is. It, well, and, and you just get swarmed in those areas. And it's not only do you have to get to the exfiltration zone, um, on one of those, either the 10th round, 15th round, 20th round, but you got to like kill X amount of zombies before they can land and take you out. And that was the hardest thing because usually at that point, you're like running low on ammo on the gun you have. Uh, there was like the random crate there that you could try to use to get a weapon, but it was rarely ever one that was useful at that point. And so you're just sitting there trying to mow down as many of these zombies as possible, not get overrun in this huge sort of open area. Uh, and, and yeah, it's, it's tough. It is tough and it's resource management too, which I think is interesting because with each kill, and if you get a headshot, you get more points, you get these zombie dollars. I don't know. That's the best way I can explain it. It's Z with a line through it. Uh, zombie dollars makes sense to me. And, and so basically you're, you're earning this money to buy the different weapons. And so do I buy this shotgun here or do I save up to get the shotgun that's farther on that's better or am I going to be better served with a, you know, faster shooting gun? Uh, like there was the uh, the pistols. I can't remember what they're called, but you get the pistols that have like, they're like mini Uzis sort of uh, that do like do a pretty good job of mowing down zombies. But you're reloading quite a bit on those. And, and so, yeah, it's it, all this calculus and who's going to open this door. OK, I'll open this one so you can open the next one. And it's really just trying to manage those resources across the people playing in order to get to where you need to get to. Um, and then, yeah, it's fascinating how that, how the main zombie mode works. And Brian, it is fascinating to me that you've never played a zombie mode before. How is this experience for you? I think it's fantastic and adorable that Joe brings up teamwork because when I got into this thing, I got as much direction from Caesar, the non-speaking fourth party that got thrown into our group than you two did. Because you're just, you just run. You're off running. I have no idea where we're going. I don't know where you went. I have to try to figure out what color you are. Okay, there they are. I go see them. Oh, we already did the thing. We've left. Okay, so now I'm going to try to go here. I, I didn't know that you could have upgrades. I didn't know that you could have perks. I didn't. I, I never got my gun past level one. I never got my armor past level one. It was a really crappy experience with you guys. Because I didn't know what was going on at any point. And nobody explained it. They're like, oh, you have to go to the next thing. Yeah, we're doing fine. It's like, no, we're not doing fine because what are we doing? <laughs> it was so confusing. Um, what, uh, Brian, so, I'm so what, sorry that I ruined the experience for you, dude. Like, to me, there's an objective marker on the map and, like, it's 
just like multiplayer for me, you run for the objective marker. So I'm sorry that we didn't do a better job of onboarding you with it. Yeah. A little onboarding would have been really nice because Caesar, <laughs> what, and I will always remember Caesar's name because he joined us, ran off to the left, got killed, and we left him. We didn't even arrest <laughs> him. Like, oh, see you, dude. We're not talking to you anyways, but whatever. I'll think about you later. It just it was weird. What, how, how, how far in zombie mode, what wave did you guys get to that night? What was the highest you got to? When Joey and I were playing together, we made it to wave 10 and die machine, D machine. I, it, I yeah. think it's German and yep. I don't know the accent, but we made it to wave 10. And so like we were close to extraction, but I think we got separated on that 10th wave and I, I went down and then I think you went down trying to kite everyone away from me so you could res me. And yeah. Kiting yeah. kiting's really important. Like I was playing with, I, I played with someone who played a lot of it the other night because I wanted to get a better feel for it. Nothing against you guys, but I needed someone to teach me. And we got to wave 26. So he knows what he's doing. He could res me from across the map somehow. I don't know how that was working. But then there's the perk system, which I thought was cool. And you can keep your perks until you die. And then you have to go get more perks. I have, um, a, but, I have a thought on that. I, I, yeah. hate, I hate the perk system in zombies because like... You get to a certain wave, you kill a boss, and then like you pop a random perk. I never knew what those perks was. Like I eventually learned that blue was quick revive because I bought that in uh, single player zombie mode. But I didn't know what the pink one was. I didn't know what the yellow one was. It's like, oh, cool, I got a perk. I hope that's helpful. Yeah. So in the older games, you had some of those perks in like the starting area, and you couldn't afford them, but they were there so that you could, when you had time, you could look, and it would explain what it was. The problem, I think, with especially the one that we played most is that you don't run into one of those machines until one of like the really big like swarming areas. And so it's like we really never had time while we were in that room to look at it and be like, oh, should I buy Nog? Uh, you know, or should I, you know, should I buy this? You just didn't have time. And, and so I think that was part of it as well as like the uh, how to like uh, upgrade your armor or upgrade your weapons. But it was really hard if you're getting swarmed to say, do I have enough salvage to be able to do this? And and it was just yeah, kind of confusing from that yeah, sense. So I can I can agree with you. Juggernaut. I, I was told basically the two that you care about is juggernaut and speed, stamina, whatever it was that lets you run faster. Yeah. And this the guy that I played with had actually gotten to the end of this zombie mode. And the way he explained it was beautiful. He's like, look, zombies is pretty straightforward. You try to upgrade as you go. But the main thing is you want to try to find large circles that you can operate around a kite. He's like, if you can figure out where the large circles are and navigate through those, it gets a tremendous amount easier. Interesting. Well, and, and part of it also, like one strategy is to leave like one or two zombies alive at the end and then like run away from them and go stock up on stuff if you have enough uh, Z-Bucks. <laughs> That's what they're called now. Z-Bucks in order to be able to uh, to upgrade things or, or buy some of the perks if you need some of the perks. Because they are definitely helpful if you get the right ones at the right time. I thought it was really interesting. The most success that Burns and I had playing together was uh, when the first time we really got into the map. Like we got to the 10th wave, the first time we really broke through on the map. Every mm -hmm. time after that, even though we had a feel for what we needed to do and when to do it and where to do it, like we never recaptured that same magic as the first time we were unlocking all the doors. I don't know if there's a yeah. adrenaline high or what carried us that particular match. I think part of it's that part of it's just luck and catching the right things at the right time. Like there's times where you'll get to an area, um, but you have more zombies at that point than you had the last time you got to that area. And it's that much more difficult. Uh, or like, I think 
one thing that helped us that time was we got separated actually fairly early, which meant that the zombies kind of split between us instead of having them all on top of us when we were in sort of more close quarters area. Cause I know I was stuck kind of where the downed plane was in D machine. And so that was an easy area. Kind of like you were saying, Brian, to just run around and stay away from them while I was reloading. So then I could turn around, pop a few in the head, run around. Um, and then that was when you were off looking for the machine part, I believe uh, to, to upgrade the machine, which was the pack a punch then. Uh, that you you unlock once you get that and that one was confusing too i don't think i've ever actually i tried using it once or twice but i didn't have enough z bucks in order to be able to actually upgrade the weapon it takes five thousand um, z bucks that is a lot of z bucks like i was just lucky the first time i built the machine i happened to have that much cash on me other than that i was never able to use that machine again and that pack a punch is apparently extremely critical because by I think you start off, you're doing like 30 damage on the base gun. I had had the third level of the AK-47, so I was doing like 430 damage per bullet. But by wave 20, it's, I mean, you're using a water gun. So it's, <laughs> if you can't, if you can't get the material together early enough, you're just, you're dead. You are just dead. It is insane to me that you guys made it to wave 26, especially having played a couple games with you. Like your buddy must have been awesome, dude. Jake, so at the end of the at the end of the round, it gives you the stats because we we did the the extraction or whatever that was when you hop on the helicopter. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jake had had probably more than double the kills that I had. Um, and he had resed me twenty times, <laughs> and he had never gone down once. That dude is good. Yeah, he's good. He's really good at zombies, and he, he he's told me he's like you kind of have to outfit your character and do all this kind of stuff. But he and his buddies they they did four hours of it, um, and he came into work and he was you could tell he was pissed. He's like I got to tell you the story. He's like we played for four hours. I got to the end and his Xbox essentially crashed. So like oh, no. the buddies stayed in the game. He got dumped, so he lost all the XP. He didn't get to see the end of the story. Um, and he, he's like, I'm not doing four hours of that again. Yeah, when we were talking about playing together to get ready for the show, you talked about needing four hours for zombies. I'm like, B, we're not going to live four hours, dude. It's fine. <laughs> and, and that's what he had told me. He's like, we need four hours. And I'm like, well, oh, okay, we'll try. I'm like, is that just to get used to this? So how does it... he's like, no, he's like, that's how long the story is. So. That was the interesting thing also that I realized when I was going in and playing solo on D machine. Anyway, I, I think most of the, I think the main three maps have something similar, uh, but in that big area where the exfiltration zone is ends up being, there's also like a place where you can gather Intel and you can do that once per run and you can get up to 80 of them. And it's basically a, uh, audio log that plays that explains part of what's going on here or why you're here or what happened here before. I thought that was kind of interesting. I only played a couple of times after I noticed it. So I only got two or three of them and I only paid attention to like half of them because I start getting swarmed and it's just like, ah, heads, heads, shoot heads, (laughs) run, run, dang it. That's (laughs) cool. I had no idea that was in the game. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I love zombie modes. It's my favorite mode in the game. And I really love how accessible they made it for the solo player in this one. Like when I found out I could play zombies on my own, I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Like I had a lot of fun in a two player mode with Joey just running back and forth in a train station, which is a really tight, like narrow (laughs) map. And uh, 
that was a blast but like i love the smaller scale zombie experience that's my favorite mode well and that was like the the when we were in the train station that was the onslaught zombie mode too which is a separate mode so instead of where you're unlocking things that is much more like a horde mode where you have this sort of ball um that is like growing and expanding and you have to try to protect that and then every three rounds boss monsters come out of it and every time that they come out they get stronger and stronger and stronger and it's really just trying to survive as many waves as you can before you go down there's no exfiltration no nothing uh there's a an onslaught mode where it's in the larger maps it like floats around so you gotta like follow around this orb into different areas so like if you're nuketown it'll go into the upstairs of one of the buildings and then you have to stay around it and, and protect yourself because if you're outside of it, you take damage. And I hated following that orb. I hated following that <laughs> orb with a burning passion. I much preferred the three super small maps where it just stayed in one place and you just wailed on the bad guys. Yes, also, yes. I, I had a ridiculous penchant for bringing slow weapons into this. Like there's a game show map that's just a tiny little stage. <laughs> and I like bringing a sniper rifle into it. It was, it was very silly. That's what I was trying to figure out as I was playing is like, I used an AK 47 because I used the stoner originally, which is the heavy machine gun and, or the light machine gun, should I say? And it takes so long to reload. You're just dead. So like, how, how could you conceivably even use something like a sniper in this? How's that possible? I don't think it is. It's not very effective. I just, I thought it was funny and I like leveling it up. Tom was trying to be unique to be Tom. How cute. Yeah. When, when Joey and I were making serious runs at D machine, like I was using the stoner then with an upgraded ammo clip. So I had a hundred shots before I had to reload and then I'd focus on getting the gallo, a shotgun in the second area. And those were my two weapons. And if I ran out of ammo on both of them, basically I was dead. Yeah. For, for me, it was the MP five almost always because it packs enough of a punch and it has a fairly quick reload and it, it, uh, it is fast shooting. And so, you know, especially early on, just one or two bullets is a headshot. And, and so even farther down the line, it gets a little bit less useful. So I'd usually just grab the shotgun that was in the first area you unlock in D-Machine. Uh, and that helped get me kind of down the line anyway. Near the end, it maybe was a little bit more difficult to uh, have both those weapons be functional. Uh, yeah. So that was maybe the one downfall of it, but... Interestingly enough, Joe, the MP5 was one of the first guns in this game that got nerfed because not only could it challenge other submachine guns and just melt people, it was beating all the assault rifles at mid-range. So they they're like, oh, dude, we gotta we gotta turn this thing into like like a uh, uh, they they tried to turn it into something where it's like a little bit more lethal at like 50 feet, but it's still a pretty powerful mm -hmm. gun, and that's after after it had taken a significant hit to like its overall ability. Well, because you can get some really good sights for that, too. So you could shoot things for fairly far away for it being a submachine gun. So it is very effective. I also have a penchant for shotguns and gaming in general. Like, generally, if I can fire a gun in a game, I want a shotgun. And so, like, I've spent a lot of hours with the starter shotgun in zombie mode, and that's fun. But I think uh, I'm so torn in D-Machine whether I should buy the first shotgun or the second shotgun. Because the second one is more powerful, and it's just... It's a better overall weapon, but it's twice the cost. And, like, that could get us into the reactor, like, one wave earlier when we're not going to get swarmed quite as bad. So it's... The hope is, can you can you live long enough to afford the shotgun? Like, bringing back to what Joe said about resource management. It's like, well, I really like this super gun. Am I going to live long enough to see the damn thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Zombie mode. Very cool. Any other thoughts before we move on to the campaign? 
Yeah, uh, that was my favorite mode of, of all of them as well. Uh, so I would agree with you on that. I think it's a blast. If if I were going to keep playing this game, that would probably be primarily what I would play. Me too. I can see why you guys enjoy it so much. Um, I can see I can see the game loop being addictive for sure. Particularly once you understand the layout of the areas, I could definitely see where people are enjoying this. Well, moving from this highly enjoyable mode, we move on to the campaign. There's a roughly five-hour story in this game that has you chasing a rogue Soviet operative as he tries to nuke Europe. How does this experience stack up against other Call of Duty campaigns and other first-person shooters? Brian, you don't strike me as much of a Call of Duty story guy, so let's go to Joey on this one. <laughs> um, so, I, for the most part, I enjoyed the campaign. Uh, I played it on Hardened, which is the third of five difficulties. You are a crazy person, my friend. <laughs> well, so like I, I wanted to try it on. I, I didn't want to try it on veteran or realism because I know I'm not that good. And, and so so there was that. But I just wanted to see if I could hang and then eventually bump it down. And really, for the most part, I didn't have a lot of problems. There was a couple of times in some of the maps where I would run into a few parts where it was a lot more difficult and, and you can only take a couple of shots and you're down and you're dead. And you have to replay those bits a little bit, but it was never too bad until the last map. The map starts with you riding in a vehicle and you have to shoot these towers with a grenade launcher that is as easy to aim and hit those things. Um, as if I was actually trying to shoot a gun at a moving target, I it could not do it. And on hardened difficulty. And I heard on realism, it's like nearly broken, if not completely broken. Like it's really impossible to figure out how to hit those reliably without a couple of shots with your grenade launcher in order to take them down. And you're getting hit so many times and you can't dodge, you can't like hide. So you just get hit so much. So if those towers don't go down, you just take enough damage that you die. So it was really trial and error. I think I had to play that 25 or 30 times before I finally got to the checkpoint after that. And I was just like, okay, finally, this is done. And then I moved on through the rest of the map with not much of a problem, but it was just, that was painful. That was really the main part that ended up being super painful for me on hardened difficulty. I've reached a point in my life where if it takes me 25 tries to beat a video game mission, that game is just done. It's uh, it's going <laughs> on the shelf and like a hundred games are moving in front of it. Tom will be reporting more about Bloodborne tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say there were lots of expletives, lots of screaming, lots of just angry, like the DualShock the, or the DualSense controller is tough because I was twisting that thing in my hands a few times to the point where I figured I could have snapped it if I really tried hard. <laughs> Joe, did you feel, did you feel like you were learning from each death or did you feel like when you did finally beat it, it was kind of random? That last one that I was explaining, it was random. Like, it that was completely sucked. random. Earlier on, like, in some of the missions, it was like, okay, I got to know how these people are coming at me and where the most defensible spot is. So that felt fine. Like, that felt like it was, like, it was learning. So, like, there was one map where you're kind of in an exfiltration spot and you got these snipers coming from all around. So you kind of got to know, I got to take these snipers out first, then go to this one, and then go to the guys across the way. And so you learn, like, which ones to prioritize in order to survive. That was fine. This other one, it was it was literally just a wing and a prayer to try to make it through. Now, Joey, I know you saw my tweet on this, but Brian, how far do you think I got into this game before my first game over screen? 
I'm guessing that you chose to do something you shouldn't have done. So I'm guessing you went in the house and you shot somebody you weren't supposed to shoot. So like 35 <laughs> seconds. You are over by about 30 seconds. <laughs> you were efficient. What'd you, yeah. What'd you do? <laughs> I, uh, I was running to the house. The whole campaign starts in this house. Like you break in a glass sliding door and you start shooting the bad guys. And uh, for whatever reason, Adler, the main character in the campaign, just had a penchant for running in front of my bullets, and the opening mission has zero tolerance for friendly fire. I didn't even know you could shoot your teammates. Yeah, oh, you could shoot Adler. They don't like it. Can't hit him with a grenade either. I seriously, like, Feeney was just having a ball watching me because I had game over, like, ten times in the very first encounter. (laughs) Yeah, the most frustrating thing with that, because that's throughout, like, anytime you shoot somebody, it's like, friendly fire will not be allowed. And, and it's just like, okay, then don't run in front of the stream of bullets. I'm shooting from my position. I'm not moving. You're the guy that ran right in front of me. You idiot. You deserve to die. Woods, you moron. (laughs) (laughs) You should have learned your special ops. Get your head out of your arse. You know, (laughs) Uh, Bernsey, I think you play a lot of first person shooters. Don't you? How does uh, the cold war story stack up against, I know you love Titanfall 2, and I know you played the Wolfenstein games. Like, how does it compare to some of those experiences? So, it, I mean, it doesn't <laughs> match up to those, really. Uh, so, I, I think this th- the the story mode in, in Cold War does some really interesting things. Uh, they do not do a very good job of explaining what you're actually doing at the start. And so the first real mission you play as your character, so you create your character, you give yourself a name, you pick a background from a few. I was an ex-KGB agent, and there's a few lines, I think, that change throughout that explain that. Uh, my name was Wanda Humpelot, but I had to change it. What? It, I mean, I wasn't ever playing. I wasn't ever playing with anybody. Brian is the happiest face right now. <laughs> I was boom headshot. <laughs> I was Tom Awesome. So... And, and it wouldn't allow me to just put in hump a lot. So I tried to put hum dash pull It couldn't do that. I had to go to the special character screen and do like the A E mixed and like an O with the thing in it and an A, you know, I had to do Your like commitment all these to things. the bit. Joe is amazing. If I was going to be XKGB, I had to be Wanda hump a lot. So that, that was just, it was in my head. I had to do it. So I had to figure out a way to make it. And it was about, 20 minutes. Yeah. (laughs) Trying to make it work. Uh, So, but you jump into this mission where you go to Vietnam uh, and it's like in Adler, the main character, the, the guy who's your boss, basically it's in his memories. You weren't there. Your code name is bell. So the, whatever your name is, they call you bell throughout the entire thing. And it was just weird. I was like, how in the heck does this work? How am I somewhere where I definitely wasn't doing this mission? And they never really explain it to you until you get like to the end. And you're like, Oh, okay. Now it all kind of makes sense. <laughs> so it's really weird at first. Um, but I think, Oh, go ahead real quick. Don't isn't during that mission. Isn't he calling you bell? Yeah. Cause I assumed that that was just me in the past. Yeah. No, it was not you in the past because you weren't Brian, there. You didn't finish the campaign? No, I I got about – here's the thing. I, <laughs> and I'll keep this just super short. There's some definitely some cool parts of Call of Duty um, uh, campaigns. There's like the sniper shot from Modern Warfare. 
there's like again the the helicopter uh, uh, attack scene from um, Cold War, but I really like for a first person shooter like I love Doom Eternal, like I'm running around a battlefield navigating my way killing things. For me, this unfortunately Modern Warfare just seems like I'm in a shooting gallery. Guy pops up, shot. Guy goes down. Guy pops up, guy goes shut down. I'm flying a helicopter. Guy pops up, shoot down. I'm in a truck. Guy pops up, shoot down. Game credits. It's like okay, I just it's not for me. Yeah, now I, I totally get it. I the one thing I want to say about the narrative is there's a pretty like there's a pretty big twist at the end, which is a cool thing that they did. But it's also to me it was a rip off of another popular game from our Spoiler. past. What is it? Uh, no, we're, this is still a relatively new game. We're not going to spoil the end of the story. I'll yeah. tell you offline. Yeah, uh, I, I will say though. So some of the, a lot of the missions are like that, where it's a standard shooter fare. So it doesn't match up. <laughs> it it, uh, it it doesn't match up to. I, I don't know what my life, what my train of thought was. I tried to make it smooth, but I couldn't. Um, yeah, it was a hell of an effort. So it's like it's. So let me let me just go back to this. So uh, a lot of the missions are standard shooter fare, where where you're basically you're you're shooting the different things. You're moving from place to place to place. Now I'm in a vehicle. Now I'm doing this. Uh, but there are some missions. One in particular that's very interesting and kind of turns the game on its head. It's almost like Hitman to an extent where you are in the KGB headquarters and you basically have to find a way to get your character and a couple of these other people in because you are a mole in the KGB. And so you get a little bit of information as to what's going on and how they're trying to find you, basically. You try to throw them off of your things. And then it's like, okay, you've got to go get this ID card. Here's three different ways you could do it. Go ahead. Uh, and so you walk around the KGB, you talk to different people, you have to find a way to get this access card, and then you have to find a way to get down to them in order to give it to them. And there's a couple of different ways that you can do it. I've I, I looked online and apparently there's some really interesting things that you can do within there. So it's a little bit more of like a sandbox as to how you want to accomplish that mission. I thought that was super interesting. Uh, one of the other interesting things that they do is you're finding Intel in the missions to unlock these two side missions. So once you find enough intel for these two side missions, then you can go on those missions to try to accomplish those goals. Um, and it changes the end of the story a little bit, what they say at least to you at the end of the story, whether you accomplish those missions or not, or if you find all the intel before you accomplish those missions. I thought it was really cool how they set up those side missions, especially with finding the evidence in the main story missions. But one of them was glitched for me. I couldn't that pick up, literally couldn't pick up the evidence. I replayed the mission and it's like, well, I already beat this mission twice. I already picked up the stupid audio tape twice and apparently it's broken. So I'll just never play that side mission. So I missed one out of the two. There's six potential like double agents and three of them are actually double agents. So you have to find the evidence to like determine who the double agents are. And then you have to go assassinate them. And the interesting I, thing with those is you can't look them up because it's randomized for each playthrough. So it's going to be different people that are the double agents out of that list of six or nine, no matter who plays. So you can't like look up online, oh, it's these three people. It, it, it randomizes it for you, uh, which I think I, is kind of neat. I did think the branching storyline idea or the, 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 the optional side mission thing was a nice addition to the campaign because it does give you a little bit of variability on how you want to approach it. So uh, it's they're they're doing 
they're doing some things that I think are interesting for the campaign. But so far, I it hasn't been enough to draw me back into playing through one. Even at the five hours, that's not a long time to play a, a, this portion of the game. It hasn't mm-hmm. been enough to draw me back. I really, I'd be super interested if there's a statistic showing of the people that purchased this game. I know Zombies is popular. Obviously, multiplayer is popular. I do wonder how, what percent of the user base is playing the campaign because they've already floated the idea for years now of just getting rid of the campaign altogether. Well, and that's why they did in, um, I don't think it was Modern Warfare, but the one before that, they didn't have a single, I think it was Black Ops 3, was that the last Black Ops? Or was Black Ops 4 before Cold War? Uh, But Black Ops 4, I don't think, had a single player. Um, And so, and that got huge blowback and so slowly reintroducing that. I mean, Modern Warfare had to because the original Modern Warfare had one. And so this was kind of them going back in. And that's why they had Raven basically own the campaign so Treyarch could just focus on zombies and multiplayer, which is what Treyarch wanted to do with Black Ops 4. And so so they did get rid of it. They got blowback from the community enough, probably from some people that never played it because it's like, well, I paid $60. I should get the whole package, even if I don't touch that part. Uh, you know, I am sure that's part of it. Uh, so, so I think that I, I think what they did with this was interesting. I'd really like to see what they do with the next one and the next one because it's a good building off point. I think from that, one of the other aspects of it that I liked is when you're back in the hub, like the the I can't remember what they call it, but you're basically in your base. You can talk and get other context to what's going on with these missions from Adler and uh, Park and Sims. The safe house is that what you're talking about? And Mason. Yeah, the safe house. Yep. I didn't care for that at all. I didn't want to talk to anyone. I just went straight to the mission board and chose the next mission. Oh, like that's so much. There's so much like that you learn about the characters. I think it's interesting. Uh, and, and Hudson, and you're trying to figure out what the heck is with that guy. And there's another puzzle that you can uncover. Basically, you find these three newspaper clippings that have numbers, and then there's a padlock. And you get those numbers in a certain sequence, and they're all related to the JFK assassination. And once you unlock that, you get to a secret terminal uh, that's Woods- Woods' terminal is is basically in other in other Black Ops games, you could do hacking to get into like secret intel types of things about Kennedy, the CIA, and so on and so forth. Unfortunately, in this one, you can't really do any of that. Or if you can, people haven't figured it out yet. But what you can do is you can play old classic text adventures like Zork. Uh, and a lot of those, there's like seven of them on there. And you can it's the entirety of the game. So you can play Zork 1, Zork 2, Zork 3. And I thought that was neat. It not very playable on a PlayStation Five controller, <laughs> but it's neat to to sort of see how that stuff works. It's neat to hear you say that it's a thing, but I would never do that. Like if I wanted to play freaking Zork, I would find a way to play Zork that was not within Call of Duty. Like it's. I mean, I, I debated about hooking up a wireless keyboard to just mess with it a little bit. Oh my god. Um, and, and I did play one of them a little bit with the PS Five controller and selecting the words. Uh, I did mess around a lot more trying to figure out how to hack into like the KGB or the CIA, but I, 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 I looked online and there's not really a way to do it. I messed with it a lot. Um, but I thought that was interesting, giving you the ability to interact with things or like you did, Tom, you just run onto the next mission, look at the Intel for that and move forward. 
Uh, I, I think it's neat having those little breadcrumbs there for people to look at. There's times where the different characters go somewhere else and you can go to the door and listen to their conversation a little bit. Uh, I just thought it was kind of neat how they put that all together and at least worked towards building something with it. I'd like to see where they go from here. Uh, but it doesn't rate, like you said, it doesn't rate with Titanfall 2 or Wolfenstein, uh, any of those Doom, uh, like any of those like single player shooter games. It just doesn't come close to those yet. Yeah, I like the pacing of it a lot. Like I thought it was really, the campaign was really well done. I also, I like that Brian brought up Doom Eternal earlier because I think Doom, Doom Eternal is a phenomenal game, but the campaign in this game is much more my speed than the campaign in Doom Eternal. Like, I love Doom Eternal and it's frenetic and it's awesome, but for me, this is just like I want something in my free time that's a little lower key, and this was a perfect fit for me, really. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that because I think uh, when I at first said that I was really liking the campaign, uh, I don't know that you 100% agreed with me. Well, I thought it was fine, but it was like the KGB mission really set it apart. Like that was such yeah. a phenomenally well done and different thing that it really it elevated the whole experience to a new like plateau for me. Yeah, I agree. Let's move on from the campaign. Let's talk about the overall package. So basically you get these three full-fledged modes with your $60 retail purchase. How do we feel about that overall value? Uh, I would I would pay for zombies alone and for multiplayer alone. I would probably pay for that. I don't really see a lot of value in the multiplayer or in the campaign. Excuse me, you guys do, and that's awesome. But that said, I I've got three days play time in multiplayer. I've got my money's worth, even at the amount of time that I have played already. Um, I do think that we're starting to run into a period of time here where some of these releases are dialing back more and more on what content is coming out with them, particularly lack of variety with maps or maybe too many rehashes of old maps than things that are maybe more creative and more new. Um, So I I think we're starting to run into a point now where if they dial back a lot more on the content that is coming with the base game, it's going to be honestly hard to decide whether or not this is a purchase I want to do. I think their balancing of the game itself has gotten a ton better. There's so many guns in this game, say for the multiplayer at least, that are viable. And and, and there's games past where there's like one or two guns. If you're not using it, then you're not having fun because you're getting obliterated. (laughs) This one, depending on if you want to be close, if you want to be far, if you want to be mid-range, you've got options in multiple categories that you can use. Here's a wild idea. What if instead of releasing a new Call of Duty every year, what if they just released a new like mode every year? Like if it was a three-year rotation, one year is campaign, the next year is multiplayer, the next year is zombies, and then you know you played that that single mode. Would do we think we would be interested in that business model? Because I'm turned off by the annual release structure. For me, if it was like they're releasing the multiplayer is their bread and butter. There's there isn't the argument that is. That is the whole point of the game. They're making all of their money off it. They have all of the DLC coming off of it, all the cosmetic items coming off of it. Zombies is something to placate the community to a certain capacity, and campaign at this point is just for the people that bitch about it. That's all that it's left. That's literally where we were at at this point. Some of the DLC is specific to zombies too, or or you get like maps. Since the maps are shared a lot between zombies and multiplayer, it's playable if you get new maps or whatever in both. Uh, I believe, at least that's how it was, I think, in the 
in Modern Warfare. Uh, I could be wrong though. Um, I, I think overall, it's it's a. It, I think I enjoyed it. Um, we, we'll talk about one of the things I didn't enjoy so much about it. Well, uh, in Oh, well, I think the biggest thing is just the rubbing your face in the look. If you spent just a little bit more money, how much more you could be getting. I mean, like, it's just so the battle pass stuff is so upfront in your face. And this game, at least to what I could understand, gives you no way whatsoever to figure out to like earn parts of the battle pass with just playing the game multiple times. So it's really just you got to drop. I didn't even look into it because I was never going to buy it. You just got to drop to pick up the battle pass uh, in order to get all of the extra stuff that it keeps flaunting at you. Look at this. You can have double XP for four hours. You made it that far. You just have to pay us more money to do it. You know, I hate that. It's so frustrating. Yeah. And it's done with intent. Like right. I, I was going to share this story at the end, but now is the perfect time based on Joe's rant. I'm going to let the blood pressure settle for him for a second. <laughs> so, I've got a family member of mine married a marketing guy from Activision, okay? And he works with Call of Duty. And he was part of the group that was doing the focus groups for um, Call of Duty Remastered. So they promised that it was going to be the exact same copy of the game. It was going to be the experience we loved, the mechanics we loved, nothing added. And what did they do? They added loot boxes, paid loot boxes, which they're not doing anymore now because essentially it's like child gambling. But the gentleman, I'm talking with him, and he's like, oh, you know, our, our user base wanted this. We did a focus group. People wanted this. I'm like, nobody wanted this. Nobody wanted this. This is my family's Christmas party. Like, I'm ruining this for my family. I'm like, nobody wanted this. And he's like, no, 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 focus group said we wanted it. They're adding cosmetic items. They're adding some new guns. I'm like, do you want to know what your user base thinks? Okay, my brother Gregory is across the room drinking, I think, a Long Island, so his opinions are getting strong. I'm like, Gregory, what do you think of the, the loot boxes in Modern Warfare Re Remastered? Greg goes, and I quote, but I'm going to censor it. He goes, F that. Bunch of effing jokes. <laughs> off, the, off the cuff. And I'm like, that's your user base. I'm like, did you catch that in the focus group? <laughs> so it's, it's just, it's, and yes, I understand that we have to have profit for us to have the product. There's a lot of money that goes into it. There's a lot of people that have to be paid to do it. There's a lot of time with programming. I get it. Let me stop you there for just one second, though. It's a $60 retail game. This isn't Fortnite. It's not free. We can't just download that's, it all right now. It's like That's exactly it. It's ridiculous at this point, the greed that is involved with it and the stuff that they're doing is pushing their own user base away from them. Fine. If that's what you're going to do, like, there's going to be a point in time if this continues... This is a series that I'm out on. I'm just out. Honestly, like if I was going to play a multiplayer game online more often, it would I would be more likely to play Apex Legends than I would be to play the multiplayer of Call of Duty. It, it's free. Anyone can get into it. Like even if like me and my friends suck, like at least nobody's sixty dollars into it and having a terrible experience. Like I could play with my brother and we could just run around and have a jolly old time. Yeah, I mean, for me, it would probably still be Overwatch over anything uh because it's competitive enough and i feel like i know a certain amount of characters that i'm good with that i feel confident in being competitive with other people uh in competitive multiplayer and i think they do enough other things to spice up the game if you're playing it regularly to have side content to earn other things 
Also, you can put the game into your system. You can start it up, and it's like, oh, I can be this character, or I can be this character, or I can be yeah. this character. And, like, you have 12, 16, 20 options out of the box. Call of Duty, you get two skins. Two skins. Yeah. Yep. Joey was a Korean woman. can only change so much. I mean, it's Overwatch, depending on who you play, it dramatically changes the experience. And look at Variant, or Valiant, excuse me. That's yeah. the way this stuff is going. Yeah. It's just interesting with the business model. Like, I don't mind paying for a game. Like, yeah, people work on it, and they should be compensated. And yeah. if a game is free to play, like, they have to monetize it some way. And, like, I'm completely behind that. But to have both monetization <clears throat> models in an annual release, like, it just, oh, I hate that business model. And that, I think this is an awesome package of games, and I'm very happy with the purchase of Cold War. But, like, I hate the business model, and I cannot see myself buying another Call of Duty for years. Or do like what Hearthstone does and allow us to earn towards the battle pass. Like if I play it enough, allow me to earn that. And I've put in the time, if I put in extra time to get that, like I'm, I'm solving one of your problems. And so this like allow me to do that without having to put my money into it. And that's not just Hearthstone. That's Fortnite. That's Apex Legends. Like all those games let you earn the currency that you would otherwise pay for with the battle pass. And, and, you kind of said it really well, Tom. And I wish, I wish the listeners could see how much more serious our faces are at this point of the discussion. <laughs> it's not smiling. And the part is this that Tom just absolutely nailed. He's happy with the purchase. He's happy with the games that he got with it. But the business model is toxic enough that it leaves a taste in your mouth where you go, you know what, even though I'm happy with what I got, I don't think I'm going to do this again. How... How ridiculous is it to say that sentence? But I 100% mm-hmm. understand what you meant. Yeah, great game, brutal business model. Do you guys have any other closing thoughts or takeaways on Call of Duty Black, so- Black Ops Cold War? I mean, sort of like how I usually do my recommendations at the end of our New Game Pluses. Uh, like, I would recommend picking it up on sale, I don't know that I would say just go out and spend $60 on it unless you really want to play all three modes or you like are hankering to play multiplayer for three days like Brian did. Uh, otherwise, I would say wait for a half off sale in like six months and like have fun with a couple of friends and zombies and play through the campaign and get, get the gist of how that works. Um, that, that would be my recommendation. Yeah, totally agree. Unless like you have a lot of friends that are into it and are just willing to shell out for full price. Overall, I have friends that are absolutely into playing it, but we're getting we're having a harder time funding people that still want to keep putting time into it based on oh, hey, buy this, buy this, buy this. It's it's dwindling by the week. It sucks. Yeah, it's brutal. Well, it's a bummer to end our conversation on such a down note for an otherwise great game, but that's going to do it for our discussion on Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Thank you so much for listening to OIO New Game Plus. If you like this standalone segment of Outside is Overrated, please support OIO on Patreon at patreon.com slash OIO. That is P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash O-I-O. We'll be back next month to talk about Bravely Default 2. Until then, stay inside, kids.